Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We made this. Hello and welcome back everyone to Blair Witch Minute, a podcast looking at 1999's seminal found footage horror movie, The Blair Witch Project, one minute at a time. I'm your host, Tony Black, and this minute begins at four minutes precisely as we see Heather continuing to introduce Burkittsville and ends on four minutes, 59 seconds, with the old man starting to tell the story of Rustin Parr. So yeah, we got one more um, minute with my guest in this case for this block before we switch over. Um, it's Mike Josic. Mike, it's been great to have you on this opening journey with me. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it so far. It has been a pleasure. I hope uh, I hope I haven't dragged some of these on longer than you need them to be. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I think your contribution has been brilliant. I think we've had some fantastic discussions, and we kind of discussed some of this minute actually in the previous one to an extent because there is quite an overlap in how you know in discussing the whole scene of how Heather puts together this film and you know we talked a fair bit about her you know earnestness and seriousness in the last minute so we won't go over all of that necessarily but I think it's definitely an introduction because this takes probably around half of the of the minute where Heather's film you know the cemetery is is being shot and it gives you some good it gives you another little dose i think of aspects of the mythology so we know that burkittsville was founded in um 1824 on the site of another town called blair we know that it's a small little town we know that um there are only a certain amount of families who were buried in the area but there's a lot of children buried and and one interesting thing she says is that no one in the town remembers anything unusual from the from all these children dying in the 40s but then that does that that's not true because the old man who then speaks at, towards the end does seem to know the legend. So it's interesting how she says that is in the is it an example again of how she hasn't really done her research? I think yeah. I think that's a really good reading of it. <laughs> because then she's she's filming this but they're still then going off and talking to people in the town. It's like then she's doing research around this so you know in the final product would she have got would she have got rid of that line i wonder you know she'd have edited that out because they've they've actually spoken to burkittsville residents who say actually you know this is what happened to be fair in her research i mean the townspeople may not have done a lot of talking to press there may not be a lot of documentation or you know oral history around these events so she may have done her research and she just may not have uncovered a lot i mean i know you know, in in my mm. line of podcasting, uh, there are things that are considered sort of canonical history that 
when you do a little bit of digging, you find out, oh, that's not exactly the way it happened. You know, like there's there's more to the story. And yeah. so she may have gotten, you know, the party line in, in whatever book she was reading. And we don't know how many books she was reading or, or how many books there actually are about any of these things. Uh, and when she does hit the town, these people are all like, oh, yeah, I, I totally know what you're talking about and, you know, have, have <laughs> stories about it. So I, I do think you're probably yeah. correct that she probably would have gone back and, you know, maybe overdubbed or re-recorded that introduction. That's one of those things that I think this movie sort of wrestles with in a way, because that's the material they have. And it's also that art imitating life too, because that's the material that Myrick and Sanchez had. So mm. it has mm. to go yeah. in the film and that's the material that they had prior to disappearing. So they never did complete the film. So it's, it's kind of this, snake eating its own tail kind of thing and, and that's why it's there so you could criticize it or or you know challenge it and be like oh well you know Heather doesn't know her stuff or it's wrong or whatever but I don't know it's it's all kind of it's it's wearing its process on its sleeve I guess and maybe maybe on a first viewing I think on the first viewing you're basically you're feeling that anticipation and you're waiting for things to happen and as the movie goes on you know it scares you it doesn't scare you you know whatever reaction you have to it but it's it's only on subsequent viewings because you're not necessarily just looking for the scary bits you're looking for the bits between the bits the space between spaces to quote yeah. <laughs> John Hurt from <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal yeah. Skull but uh... <laughs> wow that is that is a deep cut quote there <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of the warts and all kind of things that I like about it, and it's it's the, the, the sort of thing that I would maybe challenge it on a first viewing, but would be more accepting of it moving on. Yeah, I, 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 to be fair, it, it's only really that I'm thinking about it, I'm looking into it. I don't, it's never struck me as a problem in that sense. It's just interesting to think about Heather's process and think about what how. You know, it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't stand out to me as much if she they didn't then immediately pretty much cut to sequences of people remembering the legend quite with it. and then that old man has some le- quite a level of detail. It's interesting because he says well, he talks more about it in the next few minutes, so I won't go too deeply into it. But he, he when when they ask him about the Blair Witch, he says, "Oh, that's an old 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 story," but he's talking about the forty stuff. And it's like, well, that's not that old. This guy's probably around around sixty, so he would have been he would have been a young kid, maybe a little bit older than sixty. So he would have, in theory, been a little boy when the Rustin Parr murders happened and the children disappeared and things like that. So he might remember something going on at the time, but that's been passed down to him. That that information has definitely passed down to him, and he's found that out through time, and he's he's retained it. I just don't know. I find it. I just find it very interesting that the film does this. The film, on, on the one hand, has these oral history recollections of of events that happened as part of the Blair Witch mythos, but on the other, it doesn't seem to be stuff that Heather's been able to find out until she's gone there. I don't know, and and I think I just think that's really interesting. That it's almost like it's a legend that has purposely been under underreported or just forgotten or. I don't know. I don't know why that fascinates me so much, but it does. I just really like... I think that's one of the things I love the most about... In fact, these scenes, I think, Mike, I love among the most in the film, actually. I agree. The the mythology being laid out 
without the context. And then the context comes when they're in the woods, in some sense. I think that's why we enjoy The Curse I, of the Blair Witch as much as we do, because it's yeah, it's yeah. similar to this. Like, it's the revealing of, you know, it's, it's peeling the layers of the story and revealing the the horrors that happened in that area. And mm. it, it's funny, because now I'm fascinated by this, as you're explaining it. <laughs> um, you know, everything from, you mentioned, cutting immediately to the people who are basically contradicting Heather. And I'm like, is this the same police guy who edited the artful graveyard scenes now, like <laughs> undermining, <laughs> undermining Heather or, yeah. Uh, or again, it, it could just be, maybe this is local history, right? Like maybe this is not something that really mm. makes its way out of the town. And she only discovers it when she arrives in the town. I do find her process like, incredibly frustrating as somebody who does uh, interviewing himself She's constantly talking over people. She interrupts them. She she leads them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's always like, yeah, it's true. She's reacting to them in ways, you know, like saying yeah and mm-hmm. And I remember the last time I watched this movie for my podcast, uh, I just turned to my my co-host roommate and I was like, I want to punch her. I want to punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's that she doesn't? Well, I, I suppose it's, again, that youthful thing, that inexperience. But is it also, do you think, that she thinks she knows everything? Because that's, that's, the, that's the other thing sometimes I feel like, that she she feels like she, she's got a grasp on it all. It could be. And that it's all about presenting it. But then the reality is that she's not listening w- well, well enough Ooh, to these people. I really like that phrase. In a way. You know? She's not listening. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> she's not li- <laughs> She's hearing, but she's not listening. She's hearing, but she's not listening. Yeah, you know, and that she's not. You know, I always think about the um, that again. Going back to the curse of the Blair Witch, there's a character in that called um, I think her name's Dotty Fulcher or something like that, and she's like a local woman who knows the legend of it and all that. And there's one thing she says in that that always strikes me, where she says, "I think they knew about the legend, but they didn't respect Ellie, Ellie Kedwood, the the the, the witch. They they they." They didn't respect it enough to actually, you know, realise that they were putting themselves in danger. And then she says something like, I think I think they went there and she met them and they're gone, basically. And it's that whole idea that in this woman's mind, the fact they don't listen to the local stories and the local people who are telling them really weird, scary things and warning them, like we talked about in that other minute, about the woman who says, I don't go up there, you know. But they still do. She doesn't. Heather doesn't think anything's going to happen. She just thinks she's going to get this cool documentary about this strange legend, and that she's going to come home, Odysseus-like, successful. You know, on her quest. I just think that's really interesting. I think it's all these scenes are all establishing that yeah. in her. Really, hindsight is twenty twenty. But it might have been might have been good to have a scene yeah. of maybe Mike because Mike, he is that rogue element. You know, if just saying. Mm. I don't know if I want to go up there, guys. Yeah, and having them be like, you know, ah, don't be such a wuss. Like, is 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 Mike the first guy who basically says they should go? Because that's what, now you've said that. I don't know if it's Mike who's the first one who basically turns around and says, "Let's just go. Let's just get out of here." Uh, or it might be Josh. It could be. I do remember Josh being really sensitive about time and mm. wanting to get back in time to get the camera back so that it's not discovered that he's taken it. Uh, but I don't mm. remember if Mike starts whining about it before Josh starts whining about it. But Heather is yeah, definitely yeah. the one, whoever it is, Heather is definitely the one who's like pushing them forward and saying like, no, 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 no just keep on. going, keep going. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Having a scene like that would have been interesting, where somebody says, "Should we go? Like this is all weird." I mean, if I, if I if I was if I was hearing all this and I was finding out some of this for the first time, I'd be like, "I don't know, guys. I don't know if I want to go here." Like it's, uh, but then presumably that the people these guys presumably don't hold any stock in knowledge about myths and legends. I mean, I, I it's funny because I'm not. I'm not a religious man, Mike. I'm not somebody who is into, cons- you know, as much as I, you know, have an X-Files podcast, I'm not obsessed with conspiracies in <laughs> <laughs> real. But I, I've, always been, I've always been fascinated and spooked out by the supernatural, paranormal, myths, legends. And I do think if there was somewhere where near me where people vanished and they, they disappeared off the face of the earth or had died. I don't think I'd go. I don't think I would do it still. I would err on the side of caution. And I would say, it might all be, there might all be a reasonable explanation, but why put yourself in that situation? But they, these guys never think like that. And I think that's really interesting. They, they have such a confidence, a reckless confidence about them, what they're doing that they don't think about maybe, maybe it's true. What if it's true? I also really appreciate the fact that the stories that they're getting, it's not like the same story per se. Like everybody sort of has a slightly different take on it or, um, yeah, Yeah. it's not super consistent where it feels like somebody gave them, you know, the Bible of the, the Blair Witch, you know, mythology. And it's like, here's where we're going to get rid of a lot of exposition. Like there's a real naturalism to it. And I've used, you know, the word verisimilitude before. Mm. Like, it it helps perpetuate the reality. Uh, you have the one, you know, Ed's sister saying she's heard of it. She thinks her sister goes to the school. And then you have the older people with the different types of stories. And I like, I really, really like the inconsistency of it. I think the first time I watched it, it kind of, it felt like too many things at once where I was like, there is no consistent mythology. But mm. on further viewings, like for me, that just makes it even better. I agree. I think it, it's it's piecing that together. It's the fun of the audience member being able to piece it together. And then at, certainly after the fact, particularly wonder. Because when you're in the middle of it, as we've said, that doesn't really happen. You're more just, you've got the information in the back of your head. And then what the old man goes on and says in the next minute explains the ending, essentially. Yeah. And that's key. So that, you know, that will... You know, if you remember that conversation, you'll have some context for what happens at the very end. But it's only when you go back and watch it and think about this stuff that there, then you start to piece together all these aspects of mythology. So it's great. It is great. It is that uncertainty and that, and that's that's the reality of an oral history of an urban myth. Yeah. It would be piecemeal. You know, it would be different people with different stories, some of which are true, some of which are not, some of which are embellished. And that's the great thing about this, in that they walk into the situation and and. Yeah, uh, the the film does a great job through through visuals, through establishing characters, through oral history of piecing together a mythology that allows you to understand potentially what they experience. And it feeds them, and that's more skilled than it, you give it credit. People give it credit for, I think. And it feeds the mystery and the curiosity because you don't get the full story. There's still questions. So yeah. the investigation sure. sort of still needs to continue. You know, the characters aren't just like, oh, okay, that's the full story. <laughs> let's, yeah, yeah. let's get a few more exactly. shots of the town and go home. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, As he's great about this film, lots is, is left open-ended. But um, 
But yeah, in the in the minutes to come, we'll get a little bit more into what actually the old man says and a little bit more of this mythology. But um, I'll be joined by a new guest for those for that little block of minutes. Uh, but Mike, it's been fantastic to talk to you and have you open this podcast with me and do these opening minutes. I think it's been a terrific conversation and uh, I really look forward to having you back on the show down the line at some point. So thank you so much. I, I'm thrilled to have been here to help start this journey. <laughs> Uh, out into the woods and uh, yeah I look forward to, to coming back and uh, kind of wrapping up what we started here yeah I think I think that's going to be the plan that you're going to come back right towards the very end and uh, yeah come back when it's all really all kicking off towards the end so that'll be good land you in the middle of that so that'll be great until then I think it's uh, the right thing to do is to point people towards where they can listen to you in other in other of your endeavors you know I talked earlier about your film and your scooby-doo podcast in previous um minutes so why don't you tell people a little bit about what they are and also where they can find them well um my film podcast is uh called for your consideration uh also abbreviated to fyc show and essentially it's uh, myself and my co-host dustin friesenhan and we are going through the list of the 2012 sight and sound films which are voted by directors and critics as their favorite films or the greatest films of all time. We watch them, we evaluate them, and, and we decide whether we think uh, they truly are, you know, masterpieces of cinema or, or museum pieces, you know, cultural artifacts, things that um, aren't necessarily good films, but or, or not not necessarily the best films of all time, but they definitely hold a place, you know, in history. Um, definitely something that should be seen. They're classics. They should be studied. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, we catch a lot of heat for some of our some of our decisions on this. <laughs> but that's uh, that's a conversation, regardless. So that's great. And uh, the other podcast I do is a Scooby Doo podcast. It's called A Podcast Named Scooby Doo. And uh, kind of my logline there is I'm unraveling the mystery of history. Basically, it's a 50 year franchise that not a lot of kind of archival work has been done. Interviewing people who have worked in uh, various facets of the uh, of the franchise, people who worked on comic books, television shows, movies, music, like kind of the whole schmear. Anybody who's touched the franchise, uh, I'm willing to sit down and talk to. And uh, and that's actually, it's been a lot of fun, taking us to some, some interesting places. And uh, for your consideration can be found at uh, fycshow.libsyn.com, uh, at fycshow on Twitter, and um, we're also on YouTube just search for your consideration i guess there's the facebook page you know all the social media stuff and podcast name scooby-doo is www.scoobydoocast.com and uh at scooby-doocast for twitter uh same deal with social media it's on facebook instagram uh there's wordpress blog but if you're interested and you go to look for it you'll eventually like find all those other things so fantastic i i i look forward to listening to them both actually and i think the scooby-doo project is particularly brilliant in that it's you know providing a real history and oral history since we've been talking about it you know about uh that famous hugely famous and beloved you know um series franchise even you know it's fantastic what you're doing there so yeah yeah i hope people check it out another fun thing that we do on the podcast is because warner brothers doesn't really support their home video or digital releases for scooby-doo product with any kind of real added value content um anytime i interview somebody i always offer the opportunity to uh, record an audio commentary so writers and directors mm. 
I think I've got like six or eight of them right now uh, that I've released. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, it gives an opportunity, a little extra behind the scenes kind of look. People who own the DVDs or, or own them digitally, you know, can now. I'm a special features whore. I mean, we've talked about the Blair Witch commentary <laughs> repeatedly over the course of these minutes, and uh, that's always something I turn to. And uh, I was once told, if it doesn't exist, create it. So um, until Warner Brothers tells me to stop. <laughs> well, if they've got any brains, they 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 won't they won't tell you to stop. You know, because it's it's fantastic. It's a fantastic resource. It will be. Yeah. Um, you know, an important one, really, that you that you're doing. So that's that's fantastic. And I I, I equally can't wait to get stuck into your film podcast as well because it is enormously up my alley so yeah i will absolutely be listening to those uh projects so that's fantastic but yeah you'll be back at some point uh later towards the end as we say mike so it'll be great to have you back on then uh much further down the line um if i haven't disappeared from but... now to then <laughs> yeah mysteriously. you haven't vanished off the face of the earth yeah well if we can find you we'll have you back definitely <laughs> Yeah, if you if you're looking for me, guys, as well, just um, check out my Twitter at AJ Black Writer, where you can find uh, all the different things I'm doing. But more importantly, check out a at Blair Witch Min on Twitter, which is where our, our Twitter page, uh, Twitter focus will be for the podcast, and also our, our podcast network. Uh, we made this uh, at we made this pod um, at we made this pod um, so check out all the other things we're doing. We'll give you a little sneak peek, as always, as to what's on the network in a minute. But uh, thanks again, Mike, and thank you guys for listening to Blair Witch Minute, and we'll be back for a whole uh, new minute very soon. But until then, stay out of the woods. It's good advice. See, it <laughs> it's not bad advice, is it? <laughs> Elsewhere, and we made this. Observing the pattern. A fringe podcast. You know, you'd have a doctor saying, oh, well, it's because, you know, if someone's come back from dead, it's because they were frozen and their body temperature warmed up or, you know, oh, it, they ingested this poison that, you know, made it look like death or whatever it was, rather than it being a miracle that's the more, seen as the more outlandish thing. So it's quite interesting seeing the rules reversed here. It because is, yeah. I, because, because I know our sympathies lie with Walter, but then equally, I felt kind of sorry for the priest who's just like, right, you realise this is, this is mad. Right. Yeah. There's no part of this that is safe. Life's milestones. Uh, sleepwalkers took him to see that. That Stephen King thing with the evil cat people. The fact that the incestuous cat people, yeah. Goodness <laughs> sake. And also natural born killers. There's another one that went to see with my dad. How old that. were you? Well, I was. He used to sneak me in. I was about 14. <laughs> yeah, so he'd go and buy the tickets, and I'd go and get the popcorn, and he'd be like, right, let's go, let's go. Bearing in mind, my dad at the time was the detective sergeant of the West Midlands Drug Squad. <laughs> the time is now. A millennium pop. Yeah, I think when we get to Skull of Bones, the the final scene in, in that one where he's, um, he he gives his his reasons to Emma, I think that has been criticised quite much. But then obviously we we'll look at we'll look at Peter Watts over the course of the oh, season. Oh, but, so. but that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Because I mean, how many times you know that's that's what people in his position say. Yeah. It's like, oh, you hate me, and you think I'm doing bad, but you know when the food runs out, you know. Who are you going to blame? That, that that goes back to three days of the condor, right? Yeah, yeah. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This 
Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.